Hello and welcome to the Pulsation podcast coming from the New Wolsey Theatre as part of Pulse 18 Festival. My name is Dave and I've been speaking to some of the acts who showcased their work here in Suffolk over the week. In this podcast I met with Simon Startin, the writer and director of Inspiration Porn, a show that debuted in the testing ground session of the Scratch Day at Pulse. I thoroughly enjoyed speaking with Simon, as you will hear. He was very entertaining and easy to speak with as we chatted about the techniques he used in writing the show, uh, his choice of performers and the intentions he set out with when developing it. Just to make you aware, there might be some salty language ahead, but I really hope this wouldn't put you off as I think the topics we covered deserve to be heard by all. That said, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, so hello, Simon Startin. Hello. I'm Dave, uh, here at the Pulse Festival 18, and we've just sort of come off the back about an hour ago of your show, Inspiration Porn, Yes. as part of the testing grounds yeah. here at Pulse 18. Could you describe the show as best you can? Okay. Um, the show could be, is a, a provocation based on something that I've noticed since 2012 when the Paralympics first came became a big thing in uh, this country and disabled people and I'm a disabled person were being lauded for the, their great feats of sporting prowess whilst the, having well, their well yeah whilst having cut the, uh, yeah the austerity agenda basically killing thousands of disabled yeah. people so the kind of innate social hypocrisy involved in that uh, made me angry and made me want to write about it so I kind of said this is my reaction to that and it uses a clowning technique called bouffon clown which is a sort of very dark um, outsider clown it's not the clown who wants love from the audience certainly it's the the clown that likes to provoke provoke and kill people's prejudices through ridicule and absurdity my favourite type of clown yes yeah well it's certainly one of mine as well (laughs) I like a nice loving clown but you know Oh no, I want the clown to draw the circle around them and then... (laughs) (laughs) Yes, so that's what the piece is sort of in style trying to do. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I've been on a process to try and make that happen. So uh, how long has it taken you in uh, um, sort of conception to... uh, These were scratch performances, but... These um, were scratch performances, but I wanted to pay people properly. So in... And thanks to New Wolsey, I've managed to use the money that they gave me to then go to the Arts Council to be able to pay everybody, including myself, properly and so we can develop work well and with the right people. So that's taken a long time to from so from original idea, that was about two, two and a half years ago. Okay. But I've been down many kind of false alleys with yeah. that and various funding kind of um, Once, schemes. Uh, so a successful, I mean, uh, not counting all of the many just firing off forms and uh, mm. getting nothing back. Um, when a, f- a funding application goes through well, what is the time time frame that you're looking at to, to receive your money and sort of to get everything underway? Okay, well, um, it has to be pretty quick because they ask for you to be ready to go. For, okay. for the Arts Council certainly want it to be happening within a 
a reasonable time of when you've applied. So, yeah. you, you know, if you apply for something that's going to happen in a year's time, they'll say, well, wait. Okay. That wait another eight months. So it has to be, it's all about timing. So this was really well timed, apart from the fact that my wife um, gave birth this week. Wow, so congratulations. To, thank you very much. <laughs> but that kind of made things even more hairy in terms of how, how these things work. But the timing was a timing, so you had to kind of stick to it. Yeah. Um, so had Jamie booked you here for for Pulse, and then you developed the show for it, and then got the funding for that, or was it something that was a uh, uh, all the things came together sort of independently? I suppose Jamie giving me the funding was for of the C commission. Yeah. That enabled me to give me my ten percent to then go to the Arts Council to get the rest of the money. Okay. Life. So without that, that was indeed actually literally a seed yeah. to to making this happen. Not literally, but you know. What I yeah, mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, the seed funding. That seed funding ticks the box. Ticks the box, and I was able to go that way. So the writing of it, uh, did you write it all yourself? Or I did, it? although it, it came on the back of we did uh, last at the beginning of April. I got uh, five, six of us in a room, or more, including sign interpreters, because we were working inclusively, um, in a room exploring the ideas around inspiration porn. Yeah. Uh, Should I say what inspiration porn is? Yes, absolutely. To get that clear. Inspiration porn is an idea which a disability activist called Stella Young from Australia coined a few years ago in a TED talk. And it's basically when like all the enabled society uses a disabled person as a fetish for inspiration so that they yeah. can channel their fears, dreams, aspirations and laziness through them at, and, and feel inspired and good about themselves yeah. on the back of that. So Paralympics is sort of like that and certainly when it's framed by the the sub stories and the um mm-hmm. the inspirational the music and slow mo and smolts then it yeah. becomes that sort of thing in the same way that X Factor does it with working class people or yeah. anything else. And like whereas that. the reality well. of the situation on yeah. the ground that yeah. people are actually experiencing yeah. is completely nowhere close exactly. to that fantasy yeah. that is coming out. Yeah. Um, so how long does it take you to write? From the week R&D, it took me about two months to okay. write. But this is the first draft. This is the first round of R&D. And I imagine it will be at least another one before yeah. it starts to really find its feet, I think. So how did you feel the performance went today? I was pleased with it. I was pleased with it. It, it, it taught me a lot about from an audience's reaction yeah. to it because I am playing a comedy game. I need to keep them laughing in order to shovel the, the offence down them at the same time. I did enjoy it. Yeah, it's a it good one, Yeah, it was enjoyable. So I need to get that balance right. I think sometimes things overstayed their welcome and I'll, that will help me to go on now and write... Uh, the, the complete piece I think now mm. so yeah it was very have, good have you got a goal in mind once you've got a finished piece together where you'd like to show it sort of where you take it in my head and less obviously you've got to be respons- responsive to opportunities but yeah. I imagine it's a, a studio tour of some good tasty venues around the country I think that yeah. would be what I would like to achieve it's a long time since i've set up something like this so i actually don't know the ecology of it in terms of how things could actually possibly be financed and stuff like that mm. so for example i've got five actors and some of them need access yeah that's expensive yeah especially from a touring perspective yeah so i need to find the right partners to be able to achieve that yeah but i've done shows recently as an actor where that's happened so i know okay. it, it is possible yeah, so how did you get your actors together? How did you choose them? They're, they're quite a 
broad bunch. They are a broad bunch, but I move in broad circles. Excellent. So it kind of, they're all people I've worked with by and large, apart from one actor who I've known for years, but I haven't worked with him. So I kind of hoped I could, I got the people who would be most, I think, I would give most in the R&D initially, mm. who are really good collaborators and really good devisers. So for example, Hannah Ringham from Shunt is in it. We got her. Caroline Horton has been dramaturgically supporting me, and she's absolutely brilliant at that sort of thing. And um, and like Mandy Colleran, who I've worked with through Grey Eye a lot, a, a lot, although not for a while, and uh, other connections like that. And that's how I brought them together. Yeah. But also, I had ideas in my head about the kind of those actors and how I would use them within a Buffon context. Okay. So. Okay. So it was. So you would write parts for with pe- people in mind. Yeah. How yeah. they play it. Which I did. Yeah, that did come across. It yeah, was especially with Mandy playing Colette. Yeah. I had a very clear. I know what Man- Mandy very well, and I know she she could nail a scouser. Yeah. Very easily because she is one. So it's kind of, <laughs> she got know, that yeah. box ticked. Yeah. But also she has the simultaneously the ability to turn the comedy and sometimes be quite monstrous. Yeah. And simultaneously she can be quite vulnerable and gentle as well. So that was kind of what I... Yeah, she like. she was a highlight. Yeah. But also um, uh, Gideon and Love. Yes. The two characters of Gideon and Love were yeah, fantastic. Disease mind, I got, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so Gideon is the um, leader of the cult. Yeah. And he has... Um, where well, he says... It's not entirely true, but he says that he's a, a, a quadriplegic, yeah. paralysed from the neck down, and he uh, tries to um, create this cult where people, and he believes that pain is a choice. I liked his, yeah, I liked his, um, I want to say separation, but it wasn't really, he was, he was very detached, but he really reminded me of some ideologue hippie, Yeah, just the uh, hippies that I've met. I mean, yeah, over the years, and a lot just... of hippies, you know, have become serial killers and yeah. And, and <laughs> what's it in Wacko? Was it David Koresh? Is that oh yeah, one? yeah. And yeah. Uh, also, um, uh, I forgot his name from Helter Skelter. Anyway, oh, I yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah, there's, yeah, Charles Manson. Yes. That's it. Who was living up? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I was alluding to those sort of things yeah. in casting Mark in that thing. but also Jesus because he looks a little bit like oh, Jesus. Yeah, he had that sort of calming influence. I I would say that his character had. I really like the concept of it, but I think his narrative role within it. I think that could be developed a bit more. I think. For it, his, yeah. I think he had the most depth that could could be brought. Out. Yeah, it was more. He he showed promise, but there was yeah. loads more to explore with his character. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Because um, it didn't really come across his insidiousness, apart from until the end, which I'm not yeah. going to spoil it for anyone if anyone no. else sees it in, yeah. The, yeah. in the future. He'll but go, he'll go on a journey. But then also yeah. he's an able-bodied man pretending to be a disabled person, so yeah. he's not going to elicit much sympathy from me. But he, <laughs> <laughs> but he, I I but, was questioning it at the beginning. It was yeah. like I knew the company. Um, was inclusive, but you never like to judge uh, who is disabled or who isn't. So, yeah. and disability is, uh, sometimes can be hidden, and, yeah. um, and you I just never know with people. I yeah, there's <laughs> a lot of purists about from the disability arts movement who think um, a disabled person should, role should all be played by a disabled yeah. actor, and I don't agree with that at all. Mm. Largely, I do you think, think there should be? How, how do you work out a balance? Do you think there even should be a balance, or is it? Um, I think it's really complicated. Yeah, I think in this context, where I'm playing with 
the, the notion of our perception of disability, the ability to, to clown with it and um, change people's conceptions and see the role playing of it mm. is quite interesting and useful. But I don't think people would have a problem with what I'm, I'm doing because it's, it's, it's creating a piece of disability art and discussing that. Yeah. The problem comes where you have a, a, uh, a an actor and there's a disabled role and they will start doing their spasms and yeah. lack of walking the, and whatever the they rain, think Rain man's yeah. problem. But, but my issue is, and people say they should always have a disabled actor to do that role. I don't think disabled actors should be doing those roles because they're a load of nonsense and mm. we shouldn't be um, counting them with our presence. Let them yeah. do their, their Daniel Daddy spasms and cavorting about <laughs> and we'll, we'll play the other roles which are more interesting and better because there's usually a stupid, spurious narrative going on there which I'm Yeah, there's a Hollywood, yeah. Hollywood sort yeah. of load yeah. of shtick. Yeah, if only I could be not disabled. That sort of yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, playing to. So we had um, Sophie Woolley here yesterday, yeah, and uh, she was discussing how uh, when she, her first draft of Augmented was developed, she was very aware that she was saying things that would upset her deaf culture friends and people that she's yeah. been working with for years, and how she eventually decided that she just wanted to just speak her truth. Well, that's what you need to do, which yeah. is most important. And um, do you have a similar? sort of approach yeah yeah I, I try to remain sensitive to people but if I think they're wrong then I'm not going to follow their way yeah and there's a lot of things which I think within disability arts are, are wrong so I, I won't do them yeah yeah there's um, yeah I mean, we could list yeah. a whole number of things right yeah. now but we will address them in yeah. a more yeah. proper format <laughs> down, down, the, down yeah. the road yeah. around disability but not focusing on it are there any obstacles that you find that you've had to overcome in the process of making this? Uh, maybe getting the actors together, like where do you rehearse and where are you all based? Is it a sort of national...? If it's complex, the logistics of access in a rehearsal room mm. and, and the financing of that. So sign interpreters are very expensive. They earn more than all the actors put together in yeah. a day. So it's kind of... That becomes a... A thing, but I, I got so that's a thing you have to include, and it can. But I think you just have to be brave about that and just head towards that and make that happen. How do you see that landscape funding wise? Um, well, I was surprised by the Arts Council because you used to have to kind of shoehorn act, uh, actors' individual access to work budgets in there. Okay. And I was thinking, oh, I'm going to have to ask those actors to pay for their own access workers. But the Arts Council are really good now, and they allow you to apply for that money if you're working. So that's a, that's a more that's recent... A, that's a recent development, I think, and that's really nice. Oh, that's I was good. surprised by that. So that should make things a bit easier in that sense. But in the landscape for disabled people, it's increasingly difficult yeah. in terms of just you know getting out of bed and having and having a roof over Yeah, uh, actually so having a life that is as good as anyone else's yeah, is, exactly. is, is being diminished drastically. I mean, I'm from a disability background myself. Yeah. My brother had severe cerebral palsy yeah. and I've worked with autistic children and young adults for about 10 years and I actually had to leave it because I just... The, all of the funding for the stuff yeah. that I was doing in rural areas especially yeah. had just dried up completely it's, it's um, disgusting yeah. it is obscene and it's something that makes me very very angry yeah. from my yeah perspective and anything we can do to counter it yeah. I wholeheartedly support so, yeah, so yes um, that's my aim 
but the, also there's things like you have to counter in this there's internalised obs- things where you might buy in a little bit of the, the oppression that comes towards you mm. I've encountered that with a lot of disabled artists and actors particularly in that they don't believe that they're capable of things that they they actually are and they buy into the stories which are told about them but yeah. if they yeah, and I found that's rather rather sad. But it's being able to develop. I mean, to be honest, if you're in a, a theatrical space and you're developing theatrical work, the yeah. the sky's the limit, really, with what you can achieve yes. in a story. And yeah. everything is malleable, and you can change and adapt characters, and yeah. um, the, the whole thing. Can I think it's more about dealing with the process, not of creation, but of uh, production, producing, and yeah. this round of uh, funding and get rejection and things like that I think that's yeah. one I've known um, people I can say now because she, she sadly died last year but Sophie Partridge who is a lovely writer and I remember her sending a script off to a, a mainstream theatre and they knew she was disabled and theatres and made a commitment to saying they were interested in developing disabled work but when they received the script and the script didn't need lots of work they just gave him a usual dis, um, rejection letter, right. which for many a writer would probably be extremely sore, but when you're battling with ILF and all those yeah. horrible things at the same time, it's too much. Taking to consideration. So institutions need to take responsibility and it, don't do the blank form rejection yeah. and start go on a journey with an artist. And, you know, obviously you have to find the artist you like, but it also commit to it and do it. Yeah. So, do you have many projects on at the same time, or do I have you, have you last, focused on one? Yeah. For last, I was also associate director on Our Country's Good, which is a Ramps on the Moon. Okay, I really thing. enjoyed that. That Good. was uh, yeah, that was excellent. Thank you. Um, I studied that at A level, yes. and it was my first project when I started working here. And it was really good to come back to, to the thing again. that I'd it's left. It's a beautiful place. It is. It's really yeah. good, and it was really well done. And I really appreciated the signing in it, which was above just a translation it became sort of almost dance in a way yeah. it was the way that it was interwoven to the whole action yeah. I really enjoyed it and some of the actors were fantastic in it yeah. so yeah well done with that yeah how, how did that go else uh, around the country how, how, that finishes today as well so is it yeah, yeah. I, I knew it was traveling it, it finishes in Birmingham uh, this evening it it's been all over the place in Sheffield yeah reviews were good the reviews were good it's a nice good uh, mid to large scale tour properly financed yeah. it shows us what we can achieve when we're given the resources to do it and the be- belief in networks and you know kind of yeah, support and it's about main- building and maintaining those networks yes and well, that's the them. job of Ramps and the Moon going forward is yes what are the legacies of and it's not getting it to be a novelty thing it's just getting it to be mainstreamly norm. accepted and yeah. the norm and I think that's uh, it's achievable it's- <laughs> oh okay here's a nice one I really liked the way you saw the link between laughing and crying yes. and that is something that uh, so my brother used to laugh and cry at the same time it was something I learned very early on that laughing and crying are exactly the same thing but yeah. they're just um, they're a, it's a circular uh, thing and yeah. you can go from one to the other and that was early on in the play two yeah. characters started laughing and they got more and more laughing laughing and it just turned into crying yeah. and uh, I really appreciated that and I think I don't know whether that's something that um, sort of more mainstream 
people in society realise how how interlinked laughing and crying is yeah. emotionally and oh, how absolutely. cathartic it's they quite both easy are. To go from one to the other. Oh, absolutely, and yeah. because yeah, they are just the the two ends of the same spectrum. Basically, in, it, why that came about in the script was essentially the two sides of inspiration from from what we were discovering. And the inspiration industry makes it all feel like a little bit of a macabre horror show, and the, especially in the context of disability. So that's that's crying, but then and also laughing. So yeah, but it's more that actually, this is really human stuff. We yeah. want to be reach out and lift up and make our lives better and progress, be happy and all those things. And those aren't things to be mocked, mm. but the process by perhaps by which we try and achieve these things we need a little bit of a pinch of reality on and say come on guys we can do better than that so it's kind of a double recognition of the double edged nature of inspiration yeah and you know people are the, the, the gurus are hideous monsters but the people following them are desperately trying to find an answer to yeah. their lives and that's no, understandable. I found it was interesting as well that you put the um, cancer patient yeah. in as someone who has a disability but it's definitely someone from a mainstream sort of societal position yeah. is thrust into having a disability. One of my favourite defi- definitions of disability is what is it? instead of using saying that someone's normal, it's uh, someone, someone with it that hasn't got a disability yet. Yes. And uh, yes. that was, I thought, was a clever way of introducing that concept into yeah. the play as well, that yeah. it wasn't just people who are sort of have stuff that they've been born with or stuff that's a degenerative thing that is just something that you can get at any point. Well, and this all of counters us are, the othering of disabled people. Yes. Is, you know, disabled people, the R&D of the human genetic code. Yes. Yeah. If you're... Uh, or yeah. <laughs> at, at, least, at least until you are... Um, if you're born with a congenital disability, you are. But it's that notion that we can be othered. It's, oh, there but for the grace of God go I. Yeah. Whereas it's there but for the grace of God you will go. Yeah. It is, you will go there. But I don't want to scare people and say that it's awful. It's not nice sometimes, but the point is that our bo- bodies and our relationship to our bodies go through all kinds of transitions through our time. As I say, my partner's just given birth, so there's a huge yeah. journey through her relationship with her body, and boy, was it a journey. So you kind of, we are human beings and we will go through that, and we need to embrace and look after each other rather than putting those disabled people who I'm a, a little bit scared of in the corner yeah, or oh, in absolutely. the ghetto or whatever. I would also add to that that the treatment of disabilities is a benchmark on how far we are with science for good or for bad but um, um, the fact that we can integrate people into our society actually make life more than bearable but like make life livable is a a testament to where we're at with science and technology and we should never snub it we should embrace it and try and improve it all the time Although um, I made a comment the other day which amused my own head as I said it, but it's essentially that we, we will always be have disability. Mm. It will always be here in one form or another. And all the things I talk about in the play about inspiration and our attitude towards it are always, I think, always going to get, be here. They may improve in one level and then they'll morph and move into another vicinity. But then I said, unless we all upload ourselves onto the internet, 
but then of course um, we'll probably be have a hierarchy inside there that some people have bugs and some people don't so, <laughs> so it's kind of some yeah. people be Windows 95 yeah. others would be Windows 98 yeah I, I'll <laughs> settle with XP it'll be fine <laughs> lovely to speak to you Simon thank you uh, all thank the you. best for your future endeavours and I hopefully will meet you again and uh, catch up with you and your work thank you. Thank you.